Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm back once again with Evan Etheridge. What's up, Evan? What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Hope you're doing the same. And uh, we got uh, we got to talk about some Hawks this week, about the only thing there is to talk about these days when it comes to Atlanta sports. So, uh, yeah, we can get into it now. Kind of set the stage. We talked about a little bit last week about this road trip coming up for the Hawks. West Coast trip, which is uh, never easy for anybody. And uh, they have one game left on this road trip tonight, but the uh, first four games are in the books and they went two and two over that span, which is not uh, terrible, not great either, not too surprising about what I would expect uh, from these first four games. So uh, before we get into the details of each game, what do you think of just uh, how these four games played out about what you expected? Because I think that's uh, that's what I feel about it. Yeah, after after we revealed last week that we have scored the amount uh, same amount of points as we've given up. I expected to have a 500 record coming back home, but uh, you know, luckily we have one more game and and we can, you know, get above 500 tonight. So, uh, but yeah, you know, looking at the schedule, Trailblazers, Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, uh, you know, not too tough of a schedule. I know the last game against the Nuggets was very tough. Uh, looking at the schedule wise, because it was a back to back on a uh, on a on a Saturday. So. Um, yeah, looking at that, I mean, you know, you, you would hope to win, you know, three or four, but two and two is not uh, overall bad, too bad of a record. Yeah, and it's uh, funny you mentioned that the uh, scoring the same amount of points as we've given up. Last week, the title of the podcast was The Hawks Are Mid, and their midness just went completely viral this week of the, uh, <laughs> the, the, um, how they're the same record against the East and West of both being 500, same, same um, point differentials at zero. Like, like 500 record they've just been the most mid team in the nba so i thought it was pretty fitting that as soon as hey, we were we were on it first we were on the sit yeah. first a couple of days later it goes viral everybody's making fun of the hawk we were making fun of them before everybody else so we're the trendsetters you know. here yeah we're the trendsetters <laughs> of our team just not being that good so <laughs> anyway we can we can talk about the games but yeah they go two and two so they remain 500 at 27 and 27 but the uh first game of the week against the blazers in portland uh, the Hawks, one, one of the two losses, they lose 129 to 125. They were without Trey in this game, which is uh, never never a good thing. Um, you know, both the games they lost this week, Trey did not play, which uh, that's not everything, but I, I definitely had something to do with both of those games. But he was out with uh, ankle soreness in this one. So uh, a lot of pressure on DeJounte Murray, and he delivered in a big way. He had a career high of 40 points in this game. Uh, in Trey's absence, which is very important, obviously, it really kept the Hawks in this game, but they did drop it 129 to 125. Um, but yeah, this was a shootout of a game. The offense played fairly well, um, but the Trailblazers were just out of their minds shooting the ball. So yeah, what are your thoughts on this one, the shootout? Yeah, like you said, like DeJounte and uh, Damian were just going at it. Both had 40 yeah. pieces. Um, you know, you know, you're looking at the box score. We didn't have a lot of turnovers. Um, we actually had less than 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 Portland. Um but we just couldn't stop them when it when it mattered at the end of the game, and 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 that's what it came down to, really. Yeah, I mean the Trailblazers—they're a good shooting team. Um, gotta give them some credit there with Lillard, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant. Those guys can shoot it, but they were, I would say, shooting a little bit above their heads. Nineteen of forty is a a ridiculous number. Um, that you're going to win a majority of the games where you shoot that well, 
And uh, the Hawks, they shot the ball from three very well, too. 13 of 30 is good, but uh, just the attempts were not there. I mean, 30 is like a fine-ish number for the Hawks. I mean, they, they average a little bit less than that a game. But, you know, when Portland's chunking up 40 and making 19, uh, it's just never going to be easy. And, um, yeah, like like you said, though, the turnovers, the Hawks were spectacular, as they usually are, taking care of the ball. Only six turnovers. That's 17 offensive rebounds compared to uh, Portland's three. So they won the glass in a big way of um, getting offensive boards and regaining possession. And they took uh, 15 more shots than Portland, but they only made one more. So you can kind of look at the box score and just see how they weren't able to keep up quite enough with uh, with the Trailblazers. But, um, yeah, it was it was a tough one. Uh, really game down to the wire. Some tough possessions towards the end on defense. I know uh, DeAndre Hunter had a pretty rough one where he lost Anthony Simons, left him wide open for a three. And that that kind of was the dagger there. But, uh, yeah, Dame was awesome. DeJounte was awesome. I know Bogey had 23 off the bench. So, yeah, it was just a really uh, an offensive shootout. And, um, you know, without Trey, it was a valiant effort. The Blazers are a fine team. They're not great, but uh, they're definitely respectable and definitely a team on the road that you can't take lightly. So, uh, yeah, we can, uh, we can move on to the next game on Wednesday, though, which was much better result for the Hawks. And this was, I mean, not really much to talk about this because the Hawks just beat the hell out of the Suns, 132 to 100. Um, and they just completely dominated Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix has been without Devin Booker for a while now, so you got to factor that into play. Hawks had Trey back, which was definitely a help. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? Because this is probably one of the more dominant games the Hawks have had all year. Yeah, I mean, this was this was the best they looked all year, I swear. Yeah. Um, it was 26 to 23 in, in the second quarter. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of tuned in a little bit. It was a West coast. It was late at night. Uh, it was 26, 23. I was like, all right, it's a close game. Check back, you know, not even, not even 10 minutes later, probably about five, seven minutes later. It's, it's 43 to 26. I mean, we went on like a, we went on like a 25 to three run in the, at the end of the second quarter. I mean, it was awesome. Phenomenal. Um, but yeah, everything was clicking this game. The offense was fantastic. I mean, you know, having Trey back was huge, I think. Um, but really the bench, you know, everybody played well this game. And, and you know, that's not to be taken lightly. Everybody played well. Yeah, I mean, no one's numbers look bad. Um, DeJounte was plus 40 in this game, which <laughs> is uh, not an easy thing to do. I know plus minus isn't everything, but when you put up a number like that, that definitely stands out. And the next highest guy on the team was uh, Hunter at 23. So he was... Or actually, never mind. It was a Congo at twenty-four, so he was still plus sixteen higher than anybody else on the Hawks. Um, but he was good. Trey, he had a twenty and ten game. He's got a bunch of those. He was great um, shooting the ball. Nineteen of thirty-three from three. That plays every single time. That's Heck fantastic. Yeah. Um, the Suns, on the other hand, were just atrocious. They shot four of twenty-eight from three. That's fourteen percent. Um, pretty bad, obviously. And I mean, this was yeah, this was a real laugher. I mean, the Hawks. They were up by 19 at halftime, and they were looking in great shape then, but they just kept it going in the second half. They led by as many as 43. And this was a game where the Hawks were not favorites. They were uh, minus one underdogs. So it is uh, definitely a good a good thing when you're coming as the underdog and you lead by 43 points at one point. But, um, yeah, other than that, though, uh, Akongwu, he hit his first career three in this game, which was definitely fun. Bench went crazy. Definitely mm-hmm. a cool thing to see. Um, and a good sign overall because 
you know, he talked about last season trying to improve his shooting in the offseason. It seems he's done that. Uh, made his first three. He's been taking a lot more like mid-range jumpers, so that's cool. And, uh, yeah, a really cool moment for him. But, yeah, there's not really much else to say about this one. It was just a shellacking. A lot of garbage time towards the end, so we don't really need to talk about that. But this game was, I mean, really only competitive in the first quarter when you look at it. Like, it's that things just went terribly wrong for the Suns in the second. And, you know, the Hawks just were in cruise control from there. So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Chris Paul is going to hang it up after after this year. I have a I have a gut feeling. Yeah, and he just he was just offered up on the trade block to the Nets for Kyrie, and uh, so the Suns obviously like aren't in love with him, I guess anymore. Um, he, he had three points. <laughs> he was not good in this game. Um, didn't take that. I mean, he only took six, six shots. Um, but uh, yeah, he was he was not good. Only three assists too. That's just that's not a normal Chris Paul stat line at all. But uh, yeah. So weird times for the Suns though, because they're not having the greatest season either. It looks like they're trying to save it with some uh, pieces from the Nets with Kyrie mm-hmm. or maybe even KD. So yeah, we can uh, we can move on though to the next game on Friday night against the Utah Jazz, and uh, this was a pretty solid one for the Hawks, one fifteen to one hundred eight. Um, Utah, they you know we talked about them, we've talked about them a good bit this this year on the podcast because the Hawks are just, seems like they played them a lot, but um. Yeah, they had they got off to the really hot start. They kind of came back down to earth, but they're still a still a solid team. Um, five hundred team. They're pretty good at home. Eighteen and ten at home coming into this game, um, but the Hawks played very well on defense in this game. They had a really strong start offensively, and um, you know things got a little chippy towards the end. Got a little close, um, but DeAndre Hunter was kind of the savior of the second half in this one. So yeah, what do you what do you got on uh, this pretty like all around solid effort for the Hawks? Yeah, steals, blocks, turnovers. We dominated all three. Um, defense was phenomenal. Uh, you know, it was it was a lot of team basketball and offense, a lot of passing, a lot of a lot of motion. Um, you know, leading scorer was Trey with twenty seven. Um, so still a, still a really good night for him. But but really, Okongwu had a good night. Uh, Murray really didn't really shine very well. Um, but but Hunter picked him up and and some other guys. Um, you know, I thought the defense was was so good this year. Uh, so good this game and deandre hunter like he's that dude like sometimes like sometimes sometimes (laughs) yeah like he shows signs of just you know really taking that that leap this year and then you know other times he could try to play hero ball and it it just you know he doesn't look very well rounded but this game he did he he looked he looked phenomenal so yeah it was like you said a great team win yeah, definitely. And I'm um, Hunter. You know, he had a really good game on offense, 26 points, three of five from three. Had the uh, dagger three towards the end of the game. That was a huge shot for him. Mm-hmm. And um, he's always, he's, I think he's been really good on defense this year. I know, um, you know, coming out of college, he was uh, a huge defensive prospect. And I know some people have been a little bit disappointed overall so far in his career this defense. I think he's been really good. Like he's taken a step forward on defense and he's been a huge help to the team. But yeah, the Jazz, it's it was a really impressive effort on defense, holding him to 108 and some of the shooting numbers they got going on because the Jazz, a really good shooting team, really good on offense. Um, defense, not so much, but they got some shooters. Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Kelly Olenek can shoot. Laurie Markkinen, who has been really good this year. He's going to the All-Star game. So mm-hmm. they, uh, they're they they're definitely a solid offensive group. And, um, you know, they really locked in on them. And uh, I think the key was they didn't let Jordan Clarkson completely kill them. He, I swear, it might be like a little bit anecdotal just from being a Hawks fan, but I swear he kills us. And he only shot 10 of 21 and 3 of 10 from 3, which isn't awful, but I don't know what his numbers are off the top of my head against the Hawks, but I assume they're way better than that because I just remember him having some really big games against the Hawks. So they were able to hold him down. They held down Markkinen enough. Um, 
Jazz only shot 29.5% from three. You can you live with that. So, yeah, it was a solid all-around effort. Um, and, yeah, it was a big win considering what we're about to talk about this Nuggets game of being able to get this one in, uh, in preparation for going to Denver the very next night because just going down the list of things that were uh, against going against the Hawks in this game is, is quite a lot, which we can uh, we can get into the Nuggets game now. But uh, we talked about it a little bit last week how this Denver game was going to be extremely tough for the Hawks, uh, how it's just really difficult having a back-to-back and the second game of the back-to-back is on the road in Denver. Um, it is players have just said that it's really hard to, you know, stay in, like not, not stay in shape, but hold, keep your breath without getting really fatigued easily, easily with the thin air, um, having strong legs after a, a back-to-back, but with the back-to-back, the Nuggets being the number one team in the West, Trey Young does not play with an illness. Jokic, who is obviously might be the best player in the world, and Aaron Gordon, who is one of the best players in the Nuggets, were both questionable in this game, but end up playing. It was just nothing was going the Hawks' way, pregame at least, with all the conditions coming into this one. And a, a result of that was they were 10-point underdogs, which I think off the top of my head, that's got to be the biggest spread of the year for the Hawks. But, uh, yeah, they lose this game by 20, 128 to 108. I don't think it was – that lopsided just because the Hawks showed a little bit of a fight in the second half. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? Because this was never going to be an easy one for the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, we, you know, before the game, we had a lot of things going against us. Um, but, but in the game, I think Jamal Murray was just, he was, yeah, he was awesome. unconscious. Like, dude, like this was such a fake game. Like you, <laughs> I, I don't even know. He just woke up on the right side of the bed and, and just, he destroyed us. Like his three point shooting was, phenomenal seven of 12 i mean like this dude was was going crazy and and we actually shut down jokic i think okongu and and capella really teamed up and jokic wasn't getting away with anything um you know towards the end of the game we we got i think we got within eight or maybe five at one point like it, it was a legitimate game and i have some disagreements with how it played out like um you know usage i think aj griffin like this was his i think one of his first starts of the year and he pulls him out and keeps bogeying. Like, I just don't understand that. Um, you know, AJ Griffin was having a good game. He was the best plus minus on the on the on the roster that night. And you you take him out in crunch time when we're down five. You know, I just really didn't understand it. Um, you know, I also thought the officiating was horrible this game. A lot of charges like that that definitely could have gone for blocks. I mean, like. You just flip, you just flip a couple of those, and, and we're in this game. Um, but yeah, we kind of just ran out of juice at the end, like the last three or four minutes. Like the Nuggets just separated, and, and this game looks a lot worse than what it was. Um, but yeah, man, like Jamal Murray was just—he was unconscious, really. Yeah, Murray was great. He had forty-one, like you said, seven of twelve from three. That's great. And um, it's funny you talk about Jokic, how he didn't have the greatest game, which he didn't, but he still had a triple double, which is just kind of shows you how good he is. He had 18 mm-hmm. rebounds and yeah, but he was not the uh, star of the game by any means. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was more of a up and on offense than he was in this game. But uh, yeah, I agree with you on the Griffin and uh, bogey thing. Um, bogey finished with four more minutes in AJ when he, I mean, his numbers on offense are significantly worse. I mean, bogey didn't hit a three uh, Griffin finished with 15 bogey finished with eight. And like you said, with the plus minus Bo- um, Griffin was the best on the team. Uh, so yeah, I mean Nate, Nate, he, you know how he is with the veteran versus rookie thing. We've gone through that a few times on here, and he kind of just leans towards veterans towards the end. And I think part of that is too, 
they have just kind of, I don't want to say they've boxed AJ in this year, but they've kind of just said, Hey, AJ, you can shoot the ball whenever you want, but we don't really want you doing much of anything else on offense, at least, you know, they don't really let him create as much as they probably should or facilitate just see what he's got on that end of the floor. Um, But yeah, they kind of just like want him as a catch and shoot guy and just kind of uh, hold his own on defense, which I mean, it's worked out. I mean, he's been terrific, but there's definitely more to his game than, um, the Hawks are leading on to be sure. And um, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to change uh, as his career progresses. But yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, it's just been abundantly clear. AJ has been better than bogey this year. Like that's, yeah. and, and that's not a hot take at all. Um, But yeah, I agree in this spot. I mean, you started AJ. I know you like having bogey off the bench for the juice and you kind of want to close with him. But I mean, at, at this point, I think AJ is probably better than bogey on defense too. Cause I mean, bogey's need just, he can't go left and right anymore. He's just not the same guy. And um, I know AJ's a rookie. He's not great defensively, but I think he's uh, still physical enough to where he can hold his own. But, yeah, that was uh, not not a great decision on McMillan, and he's uh, one to do those at times. But, you know, this was never going to be easy for the Hawks. And uh, it was um, – yeah, it wasn't one that I was super distraught about because I I had been prepping for this being a loss for about a week now. So <laughs> it uh, it uh, not, not a bad loss at all. And overall on this four-game trip so far um, – pretty much what I've expected. So um, yeah. Do you have any more thoughts on these games before we talk about some uh, trade deadline stuff, uh, looking towards the future a little bit? No, I don't, man. Um, you know, I think, I think we can talk about the Pelicans game real quick. Uh, you know, no Zion. He's, he's still out. I think, uh, I think tonight's a, a big game. Like you said, um, yeah, DeJounte Murray is actually questionable. So uh, we'll see if he's not in, we'll see what the offense looks like without him. Um, we really haven't seen Trey, Without DeJounte this year, it's kind of been the opposite um, as, as far as injuries and stuff go. So, you know, I'm, I'll be real interested to see how, you know, how many minutes Bogey and A.J. Griffin fight for and and kind of see how they replace them. You know, maybe Jalen Johnson picks up some more minutes tonight if if, if DJM is not in. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. I, I'd really like to beat this Pelicans team and and come back with a with a three and two record, at least on this road trip. But, yeah. Yeah, that would be that'd be really nice to do that. And like you said, DeJounte is questionable tonight with um a migraine, which you don't see that all the time. But I've never had a migraine, but I heard they suck. So hopefully he's um better and he can play tonight. That'd be great. That'd be a huge help. Um, but yeah, this pretty important game, um, considering this is the last game before the deadline. And when you take into consideration who runs the Hawks, the the wrestlers, they are very seem to be reactionary people and that go off vibes and if they win this game the vibes would be a lot better than if they lose so i'm not even joking that if they win or lose this game could change what they do at the trade deadline which i think is ridiculous but i really wouldn't be shocked like i don't know what you think about that but i think there's a better chance that the hawks either you know stand pat or perhaps add like a little something which we can talk about in a second of possible candidates of who they could add if they win um, but if they lose, I think you could see them try to shake things up, maybe trade Collins, who just continues to be rumored to get traded for the third year in a row, like or even <laughs> bogey. Like it's a it's kind of a mess right now. So yeah, what do you what do you think of like uh how this game could affect the deadline? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it, what what's our record right now? Are we 500? 27 and 27. Yeah, I mean 28 and 27 sounds better than 27 and 28. I mean, I don't yeah. know how much that's going to affect the trade deadline, like you said, but um, you know, our 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 starting 
our starting five has been good, you know, on offense. I mean, we're top 10 in efficiency on offense. I just think we're missing, um, you know, like a role player. Like our depth is the biggest problem with this team. We don't have enough depth coming off the bench. Like, um, you know, you'll, you'll see very lopsided plus plus minus numbers from the starters and the bench. And, and those guys are super important and they can win and lose you games. Um, you know, when you're, when your second rotation comes in. So I'm, I'm looking for them to add, you know, hopefully, I mean, I don't think they're going to sell after going out and get DJ um, this past year, but I think they're missing a big time role player um, that, that can come off and, and create his own shot and, and facilitate a little bit better. Yeah. Um, the depth has been a huge issue all season. I mean, yeah, like the, the Hawks numbers, like when everybody plays, like they're starting five of Trey, DJ, Hunter, Collins, Capella, like it's one of the top units in the league. Um, problems are you can't play just those five guys, and there have been some injuries mixed in um, that that uh, kind of have skewed things a little bit as them not playing as much as they probably could be if they were all healthy. But um, yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting what they do um, because the Hawks, you know, they don't want to go into the tax, so they kind of have to, you know, they they have to match salary with a team with like Justin Holiday, who's only making six million. And, um, but yeah, like the debt, like I, I know, um, they were rumored to be in on Matisse Thibel and with, with what you were saying about creating your own shot and offense off the bench, he's not that guy. He would be a defensive weapon off the bench, um, which is still valuable, but the hogs, they do need more, like they need more playmaking off the bench and more shooting. Cause I mean, bogey, he, he helps at times, but he's just not having an overall consistent year. Um, AJ has been good, but like we said, he's just kind of been catch and shoot only, which that has its limitations to it. But um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about Matisse Thibault though? Because he's an interesting guy. He's two time all defense. So he's definitely a good defensive guard, but um, I, I don't know if you remember when the Hawks played the Sixers in the playoffs and their big oh run, my gosh. he was, um, you know, coming into the series he was talked him and Ben Simmons were going to lock down Trey, yada, yada, yada. That didn't happen. But I just remembered the Hawks like didn't even guard him in that series. He would just stand in the corner and the, like they would have a guy like 10 feet away from him. And it, it was just like, he, he's not, he can't do anything on offense. Like he, he just can't, but he is, he is helpful defensively. So yeah. What are your thoughts on him? Cause he's a kind of an interesting guy. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would like to pick him up and he's, he's, he's very effective on defense. Like he, you can put him on, on the best player. Um, You know, you can put him on the three, the four, uh, even the two, I think he's very athletic. I think he would be a huge piece of this team. Um, and, and if you were to go one way, I feel like we do have enough shooters right now with, with Griffin and bogey coming off. I think we have enough shooters on the team uh, with Trey also. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind this at all. Go get some defense, man. Go, go get somebody that's going to do the dirty work and, and bring some energy to this team because, because that's really what we're missing. I think coming off, coming off the bench a little bit, you know, I, I think, I think Thibel would be, or Tybal, I don't know. I'm not sure how you say it. Matisse. It is Thibel. Uh, Thibel. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be a a great addition. But I just don't know if the 76ers are willing to give him up, you know, because because he has been very valuable, and especially in the playoffs. Yeah, um, you you never know. It is trades, uh, so you don't know what the other team's thinking. The Hawks could express interest, and the Sixers might not want to give him up. But um, looking at his basketball reference page, his minutes are like cut in half this year. He's just not playing as much as he has in this first three seasons. So that could be an indicator that they would be ready to move on from him. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't cost a lot. Um, I know 
Justin Holiday is the guy that the Hawks can match salary with, with like a mid-level ish like salary, like Thibault. I think Thibault is making four million, and um, Justin Holiday is making six million. So they're right around the same number. You can match that easily. And then if you swap those two contracts, the Hawks won't have to go into the tax, which I know they just don't want to do, especially going into the tax for Thibault. I don't think that is, or a guy like Thibault would not be what they wouldn't want to do. If they're going to the tax, I would assume it'd be for like a, like an all-star level player or a starting caliber player. But I would, I would like Thibault. I think it would help a lot um, because, you know, we talk about the depth, the defense off the bench isn't fantastic. We've talked about Bogey and AJ on this episode. Um, but I know Aaron Holiday, he's he's fine defensively. He's kind of a weird guy because he's a, like a 5'11 wing player. He's not really a point guard. Um, he's more of a three, which is an interesting prototype for him. But, yeah, the defense off the bench isn't great. And Thibel could uh, provide a lot. His defensive win shares over the past few years are really good. Like he, he can guard in the perimeter. He's really good. And um, the only thing is would be – the um the offense. I got I got a, I got a trivia question for you. What is Matisse Thibault's career high in points? Uh, I feel like he's dropped thirty before. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess thirty. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I figured he so, would have got hot one night and just you know gone crazy. He has not gotten really hot at all one night, but uh you know he he he, he like but that's just not his bag. He's a defensive first guy and he would help a lot, but um. And we can talk a little more about the trade deadline now. I got um, I thought about I've seen some people talk about this, and I've given some thought too. And he's kind of been um, his name has been thrown around in some trade rumors even today. I think the Nuggets are actually interested in him, but he's an old friend of the Hawks. And I would wonder if you would be interested in bringing him back. Um, would you be interested in Cam Reddish returning to the Hawks? No, no absolutely Cam? not. <laughs> no. <laughs> What, what's, your you know, what's your reasoning? What's your reason? He has he has horrible, uh, like, like relations or a horrible relationship with Nate McMillan. I feel like he wasn't getting enough minutes. Uh, everybody was frustrated because they were like, "Oh, he could be the guy. Like, he could be good. So much potential." And and it feels like the the name Cam Reddish, like all of his hype was was from his high school days. I mean, I know he played on a absolutely stacked Duke team, and he showed he just showed signs of of being good. Um, but but never really turned out. He's never got the he's never got a fair chance, and I don't think he's going to get the fair chance with the Hawks. I don't think he'll, you know, if if he was to rejoin us, I don't think he's getting more than fifteen minutes a game. To be honest with you, yeah, it was just someone I've seen um swirling around because it is like it is kind of like he's uh the prototype the Hawks are going for contract wise of a guy that's just not making that much money, kind of on the rookie mm-hmm. deal still. A guy that's on the rookie deal that a team will be willing to trade because he's just not great is <laughs> kind of what the Hawks are going for uh, with like Thibault and Reddish and whoever. But um yeah, I think the one thing I would rebuttal with that is is that I think he would be playing more than the old Hawks teams because the Hawks just got rid of all their depth. <laughs> like he was on the mm-hmm. Hawks teams, at least last year, they still had a herder. They had DeLon Wright. Lou Williams was still on the team. Like they still had, they had a lot of guys in front of them and um, that's just not the case anymore. So I do think he would get a little more run, but I would, I wouldn't predict it to happen, but it would be, it would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny. And I would talk myself back into it because I was, I used to be a Cam Reddish believer. Um, not so much anymore, but I do remember he had some heroics in that playoff run against the Bucks, and I I kind of thought he was going to be a guy guy, and it just it hasn't happened. It didn't happen with the Hawks, and it hasn't happened yet with the Knicks. And um, 
Yeah, because I, I saw I thought about it again today because I saw people talking about like last week of the Hawks getting him again. And apparently the Nuggets were interested in him now, too, which I don't know how that would work. That would be kind of um, an interesting setup there. But, uh, yeah, it was just a, another name out there that uh, could potentially be in the mix. But I would not bet on Cam Reddish being back on the Hawks, even though I can't lie. It would be I would be a little excited. It would be it would intrigue me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some people could pull their jerseys back out, you know, thinking he'd be the next great thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't really have much interest in that. Um, you know, I was a fan of him, and and I thought at the time when we gave him up for Kevin Knox, I just thought that was stupid. You know, this and that, and then like, like literally nothing happened. He didn't. He didn't get enough minutes on the Knicks. He he went to the same exact situation he was with the Hawks. So, you know, that's that's interesting. I know he's he's pretty effective on defense. He's he's long. He's like Matisse a little bit. You can cover the two, three, and four. Um, so, you know, that's that'd be helpful. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to throw a couple names at you. These are kind of right. long shots. You know, they're, they're owed a lot of money next year. But uh, the first name I got for you is Gary Trent Jr. Um, you know, a guy that can score. He's still young. He's 24. Um, but but I think he I think he will be moved from the Raptors. I just – I don't know what the Raptors are doing. They're not very good this year. Um, you know, they're kind of underperforming. So I think they might try to move him. Uh, what do What do you think of Gary, Gary Trent Jr.? Do you got any got any thoughts on him? Um, yeah, I like Gary Trent. Um, and the I don't, yeah, the Raptors are weird. I don't know what they're going to do. They're having a really disappointing year. So I would expect them to sell. I know um, some teams have inquired about OG and Obi too, mm-hmm. but Trent, I would be interested. Um, you know, he's always been a good shooter. Uh, let me look at his numbers real quick this year. Yeah, he, he's still shooting the three ball pretty well this year. He's averaging about 19 a game. I mean, they could they could really use a guy like him. I'm trying to pull up his uh his contract real quick. He's owed 18 million next year. Next year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would be that would kind of be like uh I don't know. Would you do this trade? Let me let's do fake trade real quick. Cause I know next year, Bogey, he has a player option for 18 million. So would you trade Bogey and because I mean at this point I think Trent Trent's probably better than Bogey at this point I don't know if you agree with that but I would say he is. Um, would you trade Bogey and like that uh, the the pick we get the first round pick we got from the Kings for Gary Trent Would you do that? So the Kings, um... so it's like it's like a protected pick. It's not going to be a first round pick for like a couple more years, um, but it's like a top. 12 protected or something and like this year and it like keeps on going up so it'll be like a 10 to 15 ish first round pick in that range so kind of still a lottery pick but not a super high lottery pick um i don't know i mean i obviously think he's an upgrade from bogey um uh, bogey's just horrible on defense like he's 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 i think he's bottom eight in efficiency on defense like he's bad he's very bad um it just seems like everybody's blowing right by him um with the ball in their hand. Like, uh, I don't know. I might do that. I might do that, you know, for another, you know, he's averaging 19. I mean, those are legit numbers, um, on, on a, on a team that, that has a lot of weapons, a lot of wings. So, I mean, I, I would be down with that. I, I would want us to do that. Yeah. And I'm, and looking at, um, uh, Trent, his 18 million next year is also a player option. So it would be kind of like mm-hmm. swap of player option for player option. So, um, you know, yeah, if that that would be definitely like a move for really, I don't know. I don't know if Trent's going to opt into that or if he's going to opt out and try to get a bigger contract. It kind of probably depends on how the rest of his year goes, but, mm-hmm. 
that'd be interesting for sure because this is pretty much the same exact contract and you're just kind of getting a you're kind of giving you're giving up a first round pick just to kind of salvage this year of the possibility that could only just be for the the second half you know so it is um that that does make it like a little tough but i mean if the hawks are really committed to this year and to this team that would be a, a, a nice move to make um but uh, yeah, I I would if they did that like deal we just talked about exactly, I wouldn't completely hate it, but it would just be like, all right, y'all better they better this better right the ship at least a little bit. Y'all have like they better be out of the play in, you know, like if yeah. they do this move and they still haven't been the play in tournament, it's like a like oh this is not good, you know, like it's this is really bad. <laughs> but um, and there's some risk with that pick too, man, because I know when the uh. It doesn't have to be that pick. I mean, the Hawks have their own first round picks and stuff, but that's just kind of like a lower one. I don't think they could get Trent for like a second rounder. I just don't, I don't know why the Raptors would do that. But mm-hmm. um, like there is some risk. Like if you, if you trade that pick and, you know, with the Kings, they're good this year. So that pick is definitely going to convey in a few years. Like, cause they're going to be, they're not going to be a bottom feeder anymore. The protections are going to be lifted because the Kings are going to be a playoff team. Um, And if like, let's just say you get, you trade that pick and, and whenever the pick conveys, you have the Hawks have a disaster season and the Hawks win the lottery off that pick. And it's with Toronto. Like that would be a full fledged disaster. You traded a, like a top five pick for Gary Trent for a half season mm-hmm. of Gary Trent. Like that could just be a mess, you know? So I don't know. I hope Tony wrestler thinks about these things. I don't know. Or, and Nick wrestler too. Um, it doesn't seem like they really did that a lot with the DeJounte Murray trade because there was really no protections on any of those picks. It could be the number one pick in the draft and it's still the Spurs having the pick. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be weird to see what they do. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, that's a, it's a, it's a complicated situation, but you know, I, I, anything to add to the team, I can talk myself into I'll just say that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we said John Collins, I think John Collins might be moved. I think, to go out and get one of these bigger, you know, bigger pieces, you're going to have to include, you know. Yeah, or Collins could be, and like instead of Bogey Collins, and then you you don't have to give up. Uh, you might be getting something else back from Toronto. Don't mm-hmm. give up the first round pick if they want to do something like that. Like that, there's different ways to make this happen. But uh, yeah, it's, he's an interesting name for sure. Yeah, one more name I'm going to throw at you, um, just because his situation is kind of playing out, uh, is Jay Crowder. Um, he actually decided to sit out the rest of the year. Um, until the Suns found a, a trade partner. I, I'm not sure what's going on there. I haven't read much into it. Um, but I, I think Jay Crowder's an interesting piece. You know, he's got the experience. He's a veteran. Um, you know, I, I think he could add value to this team and uh, really help the young guys out. So uh, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Jay Crowder? You got any thoughts? Um, yeah, Crowder, he's been a good role player guy for the I mean, for the past few years, really, he's been on some really good teams, like the Suns teams he's been on have been good. He was on the Heat team that went to the finals, and he's a definitely a valuable guy that can um he can start you start for you or come off the bench. Solid defender, and he can shoot it a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, he it's weird because he just hasn't played all year, like, and mm-hmm. he's not the youngest guy in the world. Um, I did actually see uh a mock trade, it was a three team trade: Hawks, Suns, and Rockets. And because the Rockets have shown um, interest in Collins also. So it was like uh, Rockets get Collins. Um, something from Suns go to the Rockets. Who cares? Um, but the Hawks get back Crowder, Dario Saric, and then like a first round pick from the Rockets for Collins. 
that would be like that would make sense in my mind. Um, I don't know if, how feasible that is. I mean, Collins is good, and if the Rockets want to get like more of a like a established guy around their young guys, it would make sense for them. And they they got a lot of picks too. Um, like that that's a move where you can like kind of recoup your assets that you lost in the Dejounte Murray trade, all the first round picks you gave up, and you know I don't think. I think it does make the Hawks worse, like right now, um, Crowder and Saric in place of Collins. But those two guys, they're still like rotation guys. They can play for you and give you real minutes. So that's something that I could be interested in. But I don't, I don't know. That's just that's a complete mock trade by um, some uh, journalist. I forgot who it was. I wish I could give some credit because I was interested in that. But um, yeah, it uh, it's it's a he's an interesting piece. And um, the Suns, they're still very much trying to add despite having kind of a disappointing season. Cause I think like you said earlier about Chris Paul, like this could be it for him. And I think they're trying to go for it mm-hmm. when Booker gets back and still try to make a run at a championship. But um, yeah, they, they, I mean, they've been linked to the Hawks with Boogie and Colin. So they could, there's definitely a move that could be made there with um, either of those guys, Boogie or Collins. And uh, I think almost certainly Jay Crowder would be part of it. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, it just depends on what the Hawks give up. I don't think I would love any trade involving John Collins, honestly, um, as far as like win now goes, because I think they're, they're just worse no matter what. Collins is like a really good player, but Bogey, if they really want some more shooting and think they can fix Bogey a little bit, I would, I think I'd be, definitely be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, you know, I, 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 after the Kyrie trade, I was really hoping that Cam Thomas just wouldn't drop back to back 40 bombs. Uh, you know, so we go get KD and, and really just, you know, just win two championships back to back, just like that. Uh, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like it looks like the Nets are going to keep KD um, after after Cam Thomas. Like he's just been going crazy. I th- I think he's going to be good, but but defensively, I don't think I don't think he's he's all that good. But we'll see, man. I, I think the Nets. I'm, I'm not sure if they got worse or better yet. You know, we'll see how Cam Thomas continues to look with more minutes and stuff, more playing time. Uh, as far as the Mavericks, I just want to talk a little bit about them. Uh, they're about to be so bad defensively. It's going to be hilarious. Like, yeah, they are. I mean, they gave up um Dorian Finney-Smith, who is probably their best perimeter defender for Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna they're gonna score a lot, which yeah. is gonna kind of set set things back to balance. But it could it could bite them big time. That that is, I guess, I've been talking about enough in my opinion how big of a gamble this is for the Mavericks because mm-hmm. if things go terrible, like if Kyrie like like Kyrie's it up and is being a problem and he like doesn't resign this offseason and Luca's just like what the hell guys like this is what you're giving me like Luca could want out like he could yeah. be like I'm done with this yeah, like it's yeah that that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for sure but um they are going to be bad defensively um, no doubt about it and uh speaking of Cam Thomas guess where he was born uh <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. Japan. Japan. Uh, I just saw that. I was like, wow. I didn't know he was born in Japan. That's pretty cool. That's, uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. He must be in a military family or something. I don't know. How to, how to ask you that just to see if you knew. That's a good trivia question. I'll have to keep yeah, that born, one in the back of my in, mind. Born in Japan. But yeah, he has been going crazy since Kyrie has left. So good for him. But um, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a weird trade deadline. Probably the biggest trade has already happened with the Kyrie trade unless KD gets moved which I'm kind of with you. I think the Nets are probably going to keep them and try to maybe add a little bit more um, and just kind of have Katie try to carry them in the playoffs when he gets healthy. Like I mm-hmm. said, they were connected to a So if they could get a guy like him, that could help. But 
like I mean, on the other, like on the other side of the coin, the Nets just got better defensively by getting um, DFS on their team, which I've always like. I always like Dorian Finney Smith. I think he's kind of a good. Uh, I think he's a little bit. He's like he's kind of like a, a good comparison for DeAndre Hunter. But you would hope DeAndre Hunter is better than him. But he's like kind of they're kind of the same prototype. He was kind of who I had in mind of. He's like the floor of DeAndre Hunter. If that makes sense. Mm. of what he couldn't what hunter couldn't be if that makes any sense but uh yeah uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting see what everybody else in the league does what the hawks do hawks are i mean they could be really active and they could do nothing they're weird it's a very we all know the front office is very weirdly ran and um no one knows who's in charge is it kyle corver because kyle corver running the ship running the show now (laughs) is it landry fields is it the wrestlers who knows? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be, gonna be interesting for sure. So, you got any uh, final thoughts on just anything before we get out of here? Yeah, I, I just really want to keep Trey happy. Like, like depending yeah. on it, it, like if we don't make a move, but we end up making a run, you know, I, I think he'll be happy. He'll be satisfied with that. Um, but but you know, if we do nothing and and start sucking, like there's gonna be some serious serious talks in Atlanta, um, about Trey Young. So. Um, you know, I'm just hoping for the best. I really hope this team makes a turn. Like, like we need too bad, man. We need we need good basketball in Atlanta, and we need to keep Trey. Like, we need to keep him happy. He's our superstar, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I've got, man. I'm I'm ready to see what 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 takes place leading up to Thursday. Um, you know, just keep your notifications on. Watch out for Shams and Woj. Gonna drop a couple bombs, I'm sure. So, uh, you know, hopefully the Hawks make a move, man. Improve their team. Yeah, no doubt. And um, as it stands right now, the Hawks are two games out of the six seed of the regular playoffs. So, I mean, they're right there. Right that's there. That's the man. heat. They, they only have to jump the Knicks. There's only one team in between them. So it's not like you got to jump three or four teams to get into the regular playoffs. It's just two. Like, it's doable. And I think they play. They play the Knicks soon. I think they have a back-to-back with the Heat coming up soon, too. I mean, nice. Check on the, yeah, nice. they do. They play the Knicks on the 15th at home, which will be a big win. And then March 4th. And March sixth, back to back games in Miami, so those are going to be very important, um, especially a little bit down the road. Um, so yeah, the, the opportunities in front of them. I know we kind of like a broken record, but they can they can make a run. I mean, we saw yeah. it two years ago; they can do it. Um, some things got to break their way, of course, but um, you know, do, one more thing before we get out of here: they need this. Here's what they need at the deadline: they need the sneaky move like they had two years ago when they traded Rondo for Lou. That's what they need because Lou was pretty important to that run. I mean, him coming off the bench, and I remember when Trey oh, got yeah. hurt against the Bucks, he started and was great. Like they need a sneaky move like that for some juice off the bench, some life, and that was the only move they made at that deadline. And it, the rest was history, pretty much. So they could make make a move like that would be great. And I think the something probably what they're going to do is something similar to that. So that'll I think that'll make pay some dividends for the team, no doubt about it. So yeah. That's that's all I got. So, I think we covered it all. I think we did. Yeah, um, yeah, we got some so, good good Hawks talk in there for sure. Yeah. Um, as far as the other other teams go, next week, I think next week today is pitchers and catchers reporting for the Braves. So they're going to be getting fired up, and then you know Super Bowls this Sunday. So after that, some NFL stuff will probably be popping off in preparation for free agency and all that. So there'll be more to talk about soon. This is probably going to be one of the last Hawks only episodes for a while. So. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Soak it all in. If there's anybody to justice this podcast for the Hawks, this was your episode. So 
Hey, uh, <laughs> question, question, question. Who do you got Super Bowl Sunday or Monday? I'm not uh, sure what day it is. Chiefs, yeah, Eagles. Chiefs, Eagles. I, they're both they're both really good. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs just because I'm a Mahomes believer. I think he's the best player on the planet, and I just I'm never gonna really go against him. So I'm gonna go Chiefs, but I would not be surprised if the Eagles won either. I think the Eagles are probably a more complete team than the uh, Chiefs, but the Chiefs just got the best player. And I think better play calling too. So I'll go with the Chiefs. What about you? I think I think the Eagles are going to win. Um, I think they've been just so solid, and they've actually been underrated this year, which is kind of hard to fathom. Uh, I feel like they've been pretty underrated. Like, but they're just they're just such a complete team. I think the Eagles are winning. Um, but uh, this morning on the way to work, I got I got cut off and almost ran off the road. And I look up, and this dude has a Philadelphia Eagles license plate. So I want the Chiefs to win now. So. Uh, Credit to that guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm putting some bad juju <laughs> on the Eagles this week. Yeah, sounds very typical of a Philadelphia sports fan to be cutting people off in traffic. So no surprises mm-hmm. there. Definitely a Phillies and Sixers fans fan too. On top of that, so just just know the kind of people you're dealing with. This just shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not yeah, at all. Go, go Chiefs. Those people deserve zero happiness. So yeah, we can we we get in the show there. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I think we got it all done on this one. So uh, we will be back next week with another episode. And uh, Hawks might have a new member of their squad. John Collins might be gone. Boogie might be gone. You never know. So, uh, yeah, we will see you in the next one. 